Hey, Margaret. What can we help you with? Well, I, my question was that um, I have a four-year-old son named Jasper, and he doesn't think that he sleeps. Um, he Every time I will try to like talk to him about sleeping or um, ask him how he slept, he's convinced that he never sleeps. Um, so he'll tell me that, like, he didn't even close his eyes. You know, I'll say, like, how did you sleep last night? And he'll say, like, no, I never sleep. And I think that he thinks that he just, like, I don't know, that time doesn't pass, that, like, sort of he goes to bed and then it's morning. And he's, so I don't know, I don't know how to convince him of something that he, that he isn't conscious for. That, that is really fascinating because it is, it is this, you know, by definition, it is this time when your conscious mind, that your mind that knows things are happening is turned off. Right, and I don't just want to say, like, you know, yes, you sleep, like, you're wrong. I kind of want to see if I can actually figure out how to explain it to him in a way that he would understand. Yeah. Do you remember the sort of the first time you realized um, that he he thought this, what, what that conversation with him was like? I think, I don't know when it started, because I think he's always thought this way. I think it was when I would try to start asking him, like, he could talk well enough to, like, I could ask him about his dreams, and then he would start saying, like, no, like, I didn't have any dreams because I never slept. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, and I would say, like, well, okay, like, I guess, you know, what do you say to that? Like, I would be like, okay. Um, and then one time he was, like, one time we were on this flight, this late-night flight, and he fell asleep on the plane, and so he didn't wake up until I put him to bed, and he was like, how did we get home so fast? And I said to him, like, well, no, you just fell asleep on the plane. And he just looked at me like, you don't really want to tell me what the real answer is. Like, oh, Like, yeah. you have some secret, and you're just keeping it a secret from me. Wow. It's almost like he's afraid he's, like, suffering blackouts. <laughs> I guess maybe he thought, <laughs> thought that that's what happened, but I think maybe he thought I had some trick. Well, so I, I imagine you do sleep. Mm-hmm. What does he think of that? Does, does he ever, I mean, you, have, have you ever taken a nap, and he's like, hey, Mommy, wake up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wakes me up, like, every day. And um, so I think maybe he thinks it's just him, like mm-hmm. he's the only one. I mean, we, we've been talking as if uh, he does sleep. And it's possible he's just, he just doesn't. And we're, we're wrong about this. True. He could be faking it. Just to make you stop bothering him about sleeping. Yeah. And that's possible. And has he ever, he's never... Um, Jasper has never recounted the details of a dream he's had. He has, but he told me it was a video that was playing while he was in bed. Wow. Even Yeah, he told me that sometimes like he has a scary video and sometimes a good video. Does he have a TV in his bed? No, no. Okay. <laughs> well, we, uh, we are going to do our best to figure out a way to, uh, to break it to Jasper. Oh, thank you, guys. Really, there, there's an argument here with two sides. Right. A- and uh, I think we should consider... That Jasper's right that he doesn't sleep, and, and uh, in a minute we're we're we should try and convince Margaret of that. But first, we want to bring in somebody uh, who can convince Jasper that he actually does sleep. Uh, with us now is somebody with some experience in this department. Um, so your name is Ezra, and, and you're five years old, right? Yes. Do you know any kids that are four years old? Yes. What's the difference you think between Someone who's five and someone who's four. Um, that somebody's taller than the smaller person. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have to ask you a question. I have a friend named Jasper, right? And he's four years old. Okay. And how old are you again? 
Five. Um, and so here's the thing. Jasper says that he never sleeps. Okay. Do you ever sleep? Yes. Okay, so you're five years old. You're a little older. So I need you, if you're willing, to talk to Jasper to tell him that he that he does sleep. Okay. So what would you say? What would you say to him? If he were here, what would you say to him? I would say the next thing is the middle of the night and then morning. Exactly. Right? And what happens is you're asleep. Yes. So you don't even know, right? Yeah. You need a lullaby for sleeping. Do you think that that would help him? Okay. It would work. Yeah. Maybe here's another question. How do you know that you've been sleeping? Sometimes I dream that I'm this awake, running by monsters. Like the oh no, monsters are chasing me. Really? Yeah. What do you do when you have those dreams? I'm not scared. I'm just I'm just in my blanket. Okay. Do you ever have a good night's sleep? They ever get up and you feel like, wow, that was a good night's sleep. Yeah. When does that usually happen? Sometimes. When, when everybody's quiet. Yeah. But when Grendel was there, he dissed me. I was as loud as an elephant. Who's that? My cat. His name's Grendel. Yeah. What's he look like? Pretty much only orange. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts for Jasper, this four-year-old kid that you need to help? You know what, Jasper? You're just asleep. You're dreaming about yourself and your body at space. You're dreaming in your body when you're in space. Is that kind of a lullaby? Yeah. How does it go? You're dreaming in your body in space. (laughs) Jasper, I think that that is a good point, that when you uh, are dreaming, sometimes in your dream, uh, you think you're awake. And so that would make you think that you weren't actually sleeping, but that's just kind of your your dream self. I think Ezra has made a very good case there. But now, Margaret, let's consider Jasper's point of view. What if it's true that he's not sleeping? There, there is some precedent for this. Uh, online with us now is marine biologist Don Goley to tell us about um, one of the other unusual sleepers. So, Don, for a long time, scientists thought that dolphins never slept. Isn't that right? Well, it didn't make any sense. So how can a dolphin spend the entire time in the ocean when they have to um, come to the surface to breathe, right? That's the, big, that's the big sticking point here. If dolphins have to breathe like all mammals have to breathe, right, they're voluntary breathers. So they have to be awake to breathe, right? It's not like us. We can go to sleep and we can breathe all the time. Dolphins have to be awake to breathe, which makes sense, Right. You don't want to go sleeping into the bottom of the ocean and all of a sudden take a breath and suck in a whole bunch of ocean water, right? So dolphins are voluntary breathers. So how can you be awake to breathe and be asleep at the same time? It just didn't make much sense. Different scientists thought of creative ways to look at that problem. And some, so some scientists looked at it from a physiological perspective. They looked at to look at how the brain works in dolphins during times when they were resting. And they found something surprising. They found that dolphins sleep with one half of their brain at a time. And so while outwardly it looks like they're just resting, inwardly one half of their brain is totally in deep sleep and the other half of their brain 
is totally awake. So just like Jasper, (laughs) they were surprised, like, oh, you don't seem to be sleeping. But now it's like, goodness, it looks like there's something really different going on here. Wait, but if I looked at a dolphin and it was swimming, would I... Would it look to me like the dolphin was asleep? If you looked really carefully, because something else really unique happens with dolphins, um, these animals that have what they call unihemispheric sleep, it means one hemisphere of their brain is asleep and the other hemisphere of their brain is awake, what happens in these animals is that the half of the brain that's awake is linked up to one of their eyes. And so the eye on the other side of their head is open when the brain on the opposite side is awake. And so they have this little connection where they can see and and look at the world with their awake half, and the other side of their brain is asleep and linked with a closed eye. That is incredible. Yeah. So if you were a really careful observer and you looked really, really hard, you could see if one of their eyes was open and one of their eyes was closed. So when they're half asleep, can Mm -hmm. can they still do regular dolphin stuff? You know, they don't do regular dolphin stuff. They look pretty sleepy. They get really tightly clumped. They get in a really tight school, and they swim pretty silently throughout the night in this tight formation, like a big clump. Wait, how do they know where they're going? Exactly. So I thought, you know, if they're sleeping with one eye open and one eye closed, I thought what was going to happen is their eye was going to be open to the outside so they could see where they're going, right? Yeah. And they could see if a shark was coming or something bad was going to happen. But it turned out the exact opposite thing was happening. The dolphins were keeping their eye open towards their neighbors, which didn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept watching and watching and hoping they'd figure it out and get it right. But it turns out that they were exactly right. Because if you're a dolphin and you're in the middle of the ocean and it's dark and it's vast and there are predators around you, that the worst thing you could possibly do is close your eyes to all of your friends. Because what you're going to do is you'd get lost and you'd fade off away from your school and you'd be all alone in the ocean. And that is the worst possible thing that can happen if you're a dolphin. So what dolphins do is they keep their eye open to the other dolphins in the school so they stay really tight together. And the eye to the outside is closed. But you have so many other dolphins in the group that are looking with their one eye that it's a pretty protective barrier. So they sleep in this crib, you can think of it, this moving crib with the rest of their dolphin school, and they maintain protection, and they're able to rest in this really interesting way. But also, aren't they kind of uh, agreeing that if a predator does come, they'll just keep an eye on the guy on the outside, and then he'll go first, and (laughs) then they can escape. You know what's really interesting about this story is that dolphins sleep with half a brain at a time, as I mentioned, but we know that they switch hemispheres throughout the night. And as they switch hemispheres, they switch which eye is open and which eye is closed. Now, the cool thing that happens here is that the dolphins that may have been on the outside with their eyes to the outside closed, when their brain hemispheres switch, they switch position in the school. So they move over to the inside of the school and change their eyes so that their eye is always looking to the inside of the school. And so another animal is on the outside of the school. So, Don, is it possible then that Jasper has a dolphin brain? <laughs> well, it's another mystery, isn't it? Because dolphin sleep was such a mystery for a long time, and Jasper sleep is a mystery too. 
So maybe it just takes a little bit more exploration to figure out what's going on with Jasper's brain, just like it took a lot of time to understand what's going on with dolphin sleep. Well, Don, thank you so much. You're welcome. Tell Jasper I said hi. <laughs> the part of the show where we like to thank our sponsors and this week we want to thank herman miller the company not the guy although herman you are a fine man give us some money and we will also thank you and then in which case we would be thanking herman miller's or is it herman's miller it's herman's miller all the herman's miller are fine people but again we're not talking about uh the men uh we're talking about the company herman miller and Herman Miller helps organizations of all sizes create great places to work, especially if your name is Herman Miller. Spaces that support your employees. Maybe you have an employee named Herman, Herman Miller. Your customers. Also, it's possible you have a customer named Herman Miller. And your business goals. Maybe one of your goals is to become more Herman Miller-like in your approach to uh, entrepreneurship. No matter what your budget, Herman Miller has programs and tools in place to make this kind of workplace accessible to anyone, no matter what your name is. Create an office that will grow with you and help your people, people of any name, do their best work. Learn more at hermanmiller.com NPR. You probably heard about El Chapo, the Mexican drug lord. He once again fled capture through an escape tunnel. This is something he's done before. He got captured eventually, but it did get us thinking, how cool would it be to have an escape tunnel? We, we're we going to try and call somebody and, and order an escape tunnel. So, uh, Ray Lemming, let's say we want an escape tunnel. First things first, how much is it going to cost? Oh, you want to know the cost of tunneling? Yeah. Uh, gee, I, uh, hang on. Let me see if I can look up at my database the current cost of tunneling. This may take me a minute. All right, we'll hold. Hey, uh, hey, Mike. Yeah. Would you say this is a boring segment? Because we're boring into the ground? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. I would say it's all full. And all is another tool that you use to make holes. Smaller holes. Okay, for subways and that, it runs about uh, 500 million a mile. Oh, man. Okay. But that's, you know, that's the big tunnels. Let's see if I can find a small one. Uh. There's been a lot of talk about drilling so far. Yeah. I would like to hear a bit more. Yeah, we could make that the whole segment. When we look at Chicago, we've got about 100 feet, 80 feet, 100 feet of this loose, very mixed up dirt. Okay. And uh, and it caves in quite easily. Uh oh. So the most modern methods, and it's not been used in Chicago, but they actually put uh, probes in there and freeze it solid, so you dig through 
frozen earth and then can put the walls in. But um, Whoa, so, so you would put something that freezes the earth to make it easier to build a tunnel through. Yeah, that's called the Austrian tunneling method. I definitely want to talk to him about a way to get down to the tunnel. Yeah. But um, I don't want to want us to get shafted here. Watch your mouth. No, I'm just talking about a shaft down to the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Ray can dig it. It's probably going to cost us, uh, oh, because we're just doing it on the fly, uh, say 50000 Okay. Uh, well, that seems all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're just... We're gonna hand dig it and sneak stuff in there. Fifty, say fifty to a hundred thousand. Okay, sure. Well, this is good. Thank you so much for your help. Okay. Ray Lemming has uh, been involved in tunneling activities around the world, though we uh, we are told never elicit uh, drug kingpin type uh, tunneling. Ray now teaches at the Illinois Institute of Technology. We got an email from Leonard. Leonard says he listens to How to Do Everything while looking at plankton through a microscope. Uh, he's looking for microscopic bivalves. Leonard, these next 15 seconds are for you. Blue jean baby, LA lady. Leonard, if you're looking through your microscope and you see, you see some plankton, you know, shaking their little plankton hips, I think I know what it would look like. Um, and so I think the perfect song to play right now for what you're seeing is um, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. Leonard, what would you do if you looked through there and um, all of the plankton you were looking at were actually doing a, a well-organized dance? Like a, a plankton line dance. Say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're probably on a slide, so the electric slide would. Yep. Maybe that's what we should play. Okay. I will say, uh, while this is the perfect song for, for a dance on a slide, it's not a better song than the previous song we were playing. So Tiny think, Dancer. Yeah, so I think we should go back to Tiny Dancer. I think that's, that's more yeah. perfect. You can't really be held closer by uh, plankton. No. They are tiny dancers, no doubt. But I don't know. It would take many, I would guess, billions of plankton to hold Leonard closer. Yeah. Yeah. They end up um, kind of dancing by themselves. You know, um, Leonard... I would say that if you're dancing, dancing plankton, we're trying to memorialize an icon of rock and roll that we lost this week. Yeah. Um, then probably the song that they would play would be "Let's Dance." Yeah, that's a good one. I do like Robin. That does it for today's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that dolphins uh, shut down half their brain when they sleep. 
I, I find that fascinating. And, you know, they talk about how dolphins are so smart yeah. that they're, you know, one of the smarter non-human animals. Um, are they half as smart when they're asleep? Oh. And does it, what level, does that take them, like, down to, like, cat? Sure, sure. So there's certain things, like, there's certain cognitive abilities that they just lose, like like higher reasoning. Yeah, may, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, so they're kind of their ACT scores... Like that's not a time when they would want to take a test. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if they're trying to get into a good school, mm. we really—it's been far too much of this today. Yeah, this is. Should we just maybe just end the show here? It was just with an apology for the. Um, it was there were a lot of puns today, and I think we don't um, we don't deserve to for anyone's names to get said. We don't deserve credits. We yeah. should just stop. We take responsibility for this ourselves. Yeah. Um, you could say this is a, we dug our own hole here. Hey, the show's over. That means you now have time to go out in the world, uh, do great things, maybe get some fresh air, or stay where you are and listen to another podcast, a different podcast. Not fresh air. That it's also a podcast. Uh, but we we want to talk to you today about a Tiny Desk. You've probably seen a Tiny Desk concert. They're uh, wonderful. If you are an undiscovered musician looking for your big break, you should check out NPR Music's Tiny Desk Contest. Just send a video of you playing an original song at a desk, and you could win the chance to play at the famous Tiny Desk right here at NPR. Enter by February 2nd at npr.org slash tinydesk contest.